Welcome to another episode of uh, Wood Couture Podcast. Today I'm very excited. We have the one and only Robin Carter. And uh, I am thrilled about uh, availability to participate in our podcast. Welcome to the show, Robin. Wow, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored and thrilled to, to be on your uh, on your show. <laughs> we couldn't wait for this moment. We've been preparing all day for this. And uh, for our friends at home and all over the world that do not know, Robin has two decades of design and uh, working for icons such as Marcel Wanders, designing for the likes of Philip Stark and companies such as you. So today is a very special guest. And uh, the very first question I have for you, Robin, is all we are curious to know, where is Robin from? Let's go back to your childhood. <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself. Well, actually, I'm, I'm just a... a a girl from California, <laughs> Northern California, actually. Um, yeah, I'm a California girl at heart, uh, but about, I don't know, 13 years ago, I had this amazing opportunity to move to Amsterdam and then, you know, ended up moving to Singapore after that. So I've been out of the States for, you know, quite a, quite a while. And I just came back to LA after being gone for 13 years and um, yeah, now I'm back in Los Angeles and having a great time, love it, love being in LA um, and, and I'm feeling like a California girl again. Right, what, 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 what makes girls from Northern California so special? Because you, you are very precise, <laughs> Northern California. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious, you know, I really want to know. Well, I love Northern, I mean, Northern California is, you know, we've got San Francisco and it's such a beautiful, it's so beautiful up there. Um, you know, just the, the nature I think I, I love the most. And that's what I remember growing up there is just always being in nature and surrounded by nature. And, but LA is, is cool. You know, LA, I love, you know, the, the, the activity here. I love the nightlife. I love everything that's going on. It feels like LA is just a thriving city of a bunch of artists that inspire me. So that's why I chose to come back to LA. Um, yeah, but Northern California, you know, it's funny, there is this kind of NorCal, SoCal thing going on. Um, people in Northern California really love living up there. And uh, a lot of them don't leave. <laughs> and when I left, everyone's like, why are you leaving? Why would you go down to Southern California? But it's once you get down here, you realize um, it's, a, it's a great place to live. So in your beloved California, at what point in time in your life did you realize, I want to be an interior architect? I want to get involved with interior design. Well, at a very young age, actually, I started out wanting to be an artist. And I started to actually weld sculptures and cast. I was really into metal sculptures and I was working in San Francisco. And as a starting art artist, um, I needed to pay my rent. So I started working at restaurants at night. And a lot of these restaurants were attached to hotels. And I started to really get intrigued about spatial design and spatial understanding and really creating experience for people um, from a spatial standpoint and, and, and how art can translate into a space. 
And so from there, I, I, I started studying um, environmental design. Um, I came down to, to Los Angeles and, and I enrolled in Art Center College of Design up in, in Pasadena. And I studied environmental design and it wasn't really um, interior architectural focused. It was more about how space shapes an experience. So it was very conceptual, which I loved because it, it you know, it, I started to think, I started to um, develop how to think about spaces. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and immediately after uh, that, I just, I started working with um, some hospitality designers. I knew immediately that it was either going to be restaurant, bars, hotels. Uh, I loved the idea of hospitality design because it affected a lot of people versus residential where it's just, you know, one family. So I, I liked that aspect of it. And um, yeah, I've been doing it for about 25 years now. So wow. So deep inside you, for sure, you are an artist. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, as you say, you started in art and, uh, and uh, your career took you to Europe, to Amsterdam, to Singapore. So you've been in many places. Yes. What fond memories, what particular memories do you have of those places, you know, that, that stands out in your mind, they've shaped you as an artist? Yeah. Well, when I, when leaving California, it was, I was ready to go. I was so excited to move to Amsterdam and, um, and I, I actually thought I'd stay there forever for the rest of my life. And when, when my husband and I both moved there, I was so impressed with the quality of designers there and the, the, what everyone was doing. It was just this hub. It, it still is to this day, this creative hub. I, I think it's really the creative hub of, of Europe. And I loved um, the schools there and I met so many fabulous artists working in different mediums, um, as well as interior designers and architects. And I think that to me, just living there for six years and, and meeting all these incredible people that I'll know for the rest of my life and seeing their, their careers take off, that was an incredible experience to, um, to get to know them, to be inspired by them, and to expand my horizons on, on, on you know, how I viewed design and how I viewed where I came from. Um, you know, things for the good, for good and bad. You know, you always gain a different perspective on, on where you've come from when you go to new, new locations. So, and then I started, I worked for Marcel Wonders for um, a couple of years and uh, that was so much fun. And again, met some incredible people that, you know, lifelong friends. And, um, and it was a different working experience than working in the US. You know, I think working in countries, different countries is really where you get to know the meat of, of how different cultures think. And that's cr so critical, I think, in hospitality design. And so I really say to everyone, you know, I encourage everyone to, to leave your country, go work in different countries, you know, go to, go to Europe, work in Europe, go to, to Southeast Asia, work in Southeast Asia, and you really start understanding what hospitality design is really about. How, how, your travel, obviously Europe, Asia with Singapore, have shaped the way you, I would say, you approach the thinking behind your design. Because you say something uh, important now. You said, hey, the, 
uh, traveling really enriched me. You know, I mean, I met so many great people. You know, I work for great organizations, and uh, and uh, the question I have is how that shaped you. Oh, how would you have done it if you would have stayed in California? You know, although, you know, I mean, hey, California is a great country, you know, I mean, itself, you know, it's, uh, it's fantastic. But how would you have done, what would you have done differently if you just stay in, uh, in California in terms of approaching the design? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question. And it's hard to, it's hard to know exactly. However, I believe that the past, you know, 12 years of, of, traveling um, outside you know of where I came from has has really shaped um, my perspective in the sense that I love to be constantly surprised um, I love to to in a way be wrong you know what I thought was the way to do it and 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 be surprised that oh there could be a different way to approach this and really shifting my perspective um, to expand my mind and, and think I don't know everything I, to this day I, I don't know everything I can't you know pretend to know everything but what I do know is how I can think about it how I can conceptualize something so after that experience I think I could be in a dark room you know, really for the rest of my life. And if someone gave me this, this, uh, you know, this um, aspect and that aspect and put it together and create something, I, I, could, I think I could still do it. I could, I, I could definitely, I feel that I can still create. So I don't need to go out to gain inspiration because I find that, um, you know, I've, I've already gone, I've gone through that and I want to continue going out and, and, and traveling the world for sure. But I think sometimes the things that inspire you can be right in front of your face as well. So, you know, that's one thing I learned recently and actually through COVID, um, I was always wanting to go to the next place. And it was always the furthest place on the map that I wanted to go and explore in the most exotic place. And, and, and it was fabulous and I, I love that. But after COVID, I realized, wow, you know what? I can, I can also get inspired by what is really right in front of my face. You know, maybe it's looking at the, at the, the details, the smaller details and, and, and yeah, get inspired by that too. So it's, it's a process. Wow. Curiosity, obviously, you know, I mean, and uh, you mentioned that obviously you spent quite a few years at Marcel Wonders and, uh, and um, for, for the one that don't know, you know, what does it take to work for icons like him? You know, I mean, uh, obviously, what is it like to work in companies <laughs> like that? Well, I, I see them as artists, you know, and now I can see why you probably, you know, it, it, it's crazy. You know, for me, I, I really see them as artists because. Oh, hundred uh, percent. So, what, what, does, what is like working for companies like that? Oh well, he he's a true artist um, through and through. He's he's. I mean, I had never seen the likes of of anyone, you know, <laughs> like Marcel before working for him. Um, I think the freedom to be who we are. I really learned being there at the studio. He really allowed everyone at the studio to to be. Um, to explore their creativity and to have time to, to explore that creativity. I remember that the most, I think. Um, 
Because I find that in this day and age, studios, there's, everyone's so rushed for a deadline, so rushed to get it done and to get it done right the first time. And the, the thing at the studio, and this is something that I learned that I take with me to my studio, is that you need time to process it. You need time to maybe potentially make something ugly before you make something beautiful in the end. It's that process, it's that exploration of going through all the, the, the possible concepts and, um, and then deciding at the end, you know, what you want after you've gone through this creative exploration. And so he really allowed us time to do that. And um, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely brilliant because watching, looking around the studio and watching all these designers feel comfortable and calm and, and in a, a good place to create beautiful um, and or explore beautiful possibilities uh, I saw some amazing things happen. And um, and I think that that studio has produced some incredible designers just from that mindset. Of course, Robin Carter being one of them. <laughs> we don't need to forget about that. That's the reason why, you know, we, uh, we love you, you know, and it, it just, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, you are a true artist uh, as, okay. as a human being, not just as a professional. And, um, and, um, Take me through a bit more, uh, you know, I mean, obviously then you moved on, you know, HBA, which is probably, you know, one of the most recognized firm worldwide in hospitality, architecture, yeah. interior design, and uh, which is brilliant. And, and in that, you accomplished a lot, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you, you drove, you were a partner, you ended up being a partner in the Singapore office. So you drove the business, you drove the design. And... Uh, What's your best project in there? What, what, what is the project that said it was my signature? Among all the good ones, all of them, you know what I mean? But what, what is the signature project that you want? signature on? project? Oh, that is a really... Or the one you enjoyed the most, let's call it. Okay, I would say one of the, the, the one that I enjoyed the most, I would say probably Fairmont Maldives, um, because that whole experience designing a hotel and getting it built on an island. So in the Maldives, every island is its own hotel. Yes. And, and the logistics of getting there and the logistics of getting everything on the island was so interesting. Um, we had to think about weight. We had to think about how the ship um, you know, landed on the sand and how they would carry the objects through the sand, through the island. Um, and then just whilst it was getting built, um, we had to take these seaplanes and boats, you know, to adjacent islands, just getting there. And that was um, an incredible experience. Um, when we landed, I mean, it's just paradise, right? It's most, one of the most beautiful islands. And when we landed <clears throat> after four days, I started thinking, oh my God, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you're basically camping on the island, you know, because nothing's built, nothing's ready for you. The hotel's not there yet. You have to get the hotel built. So that it was a really rustic experience. And, and, and seeing all the little creatures on the island was really inspiring to our design. <clears throat> like, for example, we found these little crabs all over the island and, and um, they would make these beautiful patterns in the sand. And that was inspiration to some of our textures on the wall. And 
Um, and some of the, the things that we found that would wash up on the shore, like we saw, we found this fisherman's net. Uh, it also inspired us to create some of our lighting fixtures and, and art sculptures. So I think it was that raw nature um, and, and our, the found objects that really um, informed our design. And that was a beautiful process. Um, it was very fulfilling and, and it was very, uh, uh, there was a beautiful outcome in the end I, I felt. Uh, so I, I would say that was my, my most interesting fun project so far. And, and let's say that specific project won a very big award. And that, that, that is, you know, I mean, uh, it will stay for, with you forever. You're an award yeah. designer. That's very important. But <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I love? One of your quotes, and I have to read this, you know, because uh, it is such a beautiful quote that I don't want to misread it. From Hospitality Design Magazine, June 19. And the engagement of local handicraft and use of sustainable material makes this project unique and bespoke. Two yeah. things that I, I, I think your quote was banged to the point. That's why you want unique and bespoke. My, I mean, my, my question is, how, how did you get there? What, what, what so, does it take to make an award-winning design? Well, I, to do something different and to take a chance, uh, I think is the answer. I mean, you really have to have the guts to make something to fail, right? In the exploration process. And what we did is um, we, okay, so in the Maldives, there's no crap, there's no manufacturer there. So we had to look around to adjacent countries. So we looked to Indonesia and we looked to India. And, um, and that was where things started to get really interesting because we went to India, we met these women weavers, which I loved because we support, we supported the craft. And we also supported the fact that these were women working at home and they would, they crocheted these beautiful headboards for us. And we did a, a few rounds of, of uh, explorations on that. And we had everything custom, um, custom woven in, in India. And it was lots and lots of explorations because when you make something from, from scratch, you know, you have that research and development process that you know so much about, right? Well, we have one or two chances to get it right. So, or else it could not make it in the project. So, I mean, it was really, um, so some things came in imperfect, but that was actually the beauty of the products because they were one-offs. They were imperfect in a kind of organic environment. And so that was great. We also went to Indonesia. We went to this little, and so the problem was we had these overwater villas and they couldn't take heavy bathtubs. So we said, hmm, how, how are we gonna solve this problem? And I, I think of problems as opportunities, you know, some of the, these, these challenges can really shape our design, right? So we ended up going to Java and this, this, um, this little town in Java where all they did was copper. And you literally drive up and you, you, you listen and it's, you hear the, 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 the hammer on the copper and it's like music, right? And, um, and then we met these craftsmen there and they, we just literally sketched 
this this bathtub, you know, we in this beautiful form, organic form. And they did a prototype and they made it and they annealed this entire copper bathtub for us. It was lightweight and so beautiful. And um, it was so much fun working with these guys. Um, I bet. Yeah, so, yeah, so that was a, a, a really exciting exploration um, to get a lot of these projects, these products made for, for that island project. Yeah, so now, and uh, not all the artists, they like to spend money, but you know what I mean? It's, uh, or they're not conscious about money because Robin, you are also an entrepreneur. You are a businesswoman in 2019. <laughs> You set up the one and only Robert Carter <laughs> Studio in Santa Monica in Los Angeles. And yes, uh, that's right. which is, you know, I, I, I love one of the quotes in your, uh, let's say, in your website Studio Carter is committed to craft and quality, which is very true of what you just told us about the award winning design. So I, I have one question for you, you know, Mina, and um, uh, how how do you recruit people that fit in Studio Carter? Because you've got such a high standard, you know, I mean, such a creative mindset. So, you know, how do you select the right people to work with you? You know, what do you look for in, in, in this young talent that, that apply for a job at Studio Carter? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a, a, something that we constantly are are um yeah working towards you know finding the right team members uh, personally i my collection of designers that i work with uh, you know i like to think of them as artists and i've had the 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 luck of having worked in amsterdam and working in singapore i've worked with some really incredible designers and that that have stayed with me so mo most of my designers i have been with me for years um, we are about 17 designers, and I think 12 of them have been with me for over 10 years. So I have a really great core. Um, and then when we decide to look for new designers, um, I look at well, their past experience, um, not only on who they are as a designer, but how they think, you know, what is the what is their mentality? And, and I let not me just decide, I let the team decide, you know, and, and interview and get to know them. And because really it's them that, that will be working with them on the daily. And of course, you know, I will be as well, but I, it's really a group decision. Um, yeah, and, and I think it's it, it, because of it's a collective decision, everyone feels um, a part of the decision-making process and therefore a responsibility to really set this designer up for success because you can have the most beautiful designer but if they come into a situation where you know maybe it's not the the they're not being set up for success things you know can fail and for us it's very important to me that we set each person that comes up into the studio up for success by allowing them to follow their dreams um allow them to to let us know where they want to go as a designer you know, because that's really important. It's not about what, it's not all about what we want them to do. It's about what they want to do as well, what they want to get out of it. And I find just having that philosophy, people want to stay because they feel that there's career growth. They feel like they're working towards their dreams and their, their, their career path. So. Well, you're, you, you're open in 2019, but 
you are conquering the world in mean, uh, <laughs> you, you've been appointed to design the very first Fairmont in the whole Australia you know yes. how, how does it feel to have that pressure to design the very first the eyes will be on you to see what the Fairmont brand will look like it's a benchmark for Australia let, let, let's be yes, clear yeah. you know, it's a, how does it feel we're just so excited about it because first of all we've already started the concept designs and we're in schematic right now and it is just turning out to be a beautiful project i love how it responds to nature um it's something that we're really getting more involved in and really trying to um like a lot of our design inspirations are from nature you know from what i previ previously was talking about so it's just one of those things that yeah, it's just falling into place. It just feels good. You know, that we have an amazing project team, that the location is stunning. Um, and there's just so much to be inspired by to, 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 to bring into the design process. So oh, we're so excited. Everybody, oh, my whole team wants to work on the project and I'm allowing, and that's the great thing. I'm allowing everyone to get a little piece, you know, in the project because uh, they, they just, it's just a fun project that everybody, is super excited about so will we have another award winning fairmont <laughs> what do you think yeah i hope so i mean it you know the thing i care most about more than awards is i want to make sure that it's something that the community is going to love that that the town that the people there are going to love it and of course the the owner loves it but most importantly, I, I really want it to be something that adds to their community um, in a very positive way and an environmentally positive way. Um, so we're being very mindful about that and also engaging some of the indigenous artists from uh, around that area. So to me, that's the biggest award, you know, for sure. You talk about involving the community and that's very true of your philosophy, because uh, another good quote, let's uh, say profile about your studio is that you value the collaborative approach between clients, owners, and operators. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I want to incorporate in that also, which is you are an expert in that, the sustainability element, because you talk about the indigenous, the community, you know, will sustainability be part of your design for this project? you know, I mean, uh, uh, about the Fairmont, who, 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 who is the approach on that aspect? Absolutely, um, because it's, it's, it's a location where two World Heritage, Heritage Sites meet, the Great Barrier Reef um, meets um, this ancient forest. So it's, very, it's a very special location. So, so we have to be sustainable because obviously we don't want to have a negative impact on the environment. Um, so 100% uh, sustainable, but you know, sustainability can also mean, it doesn't have to mean ugly green finishes everywhere. You know, it, it, it means sourcing locally, um, engaging local artists, um, you know, having a, um, you know, making sure that our gray waters is managed properly. Well, the whole building is covered in, in green. So it's, it's really a, literally green building. Um, and yeah, so there's so many little things that we like to introduce um, from working, you know, with 
the project team, um, getting these things in place on a bigger aspect, but then also going down to the details uh, inside the room, um, bringing things in that are, are bringing awareness to maybe the plastics in our oceans. We uh, would like to engage this local um, Australian artists um, that upcycle plastics and, and turn them into beautiful compositions, and beautiful artwork pieces. And um, yeah, and I just, it's just one of those things that says, you know, we care about what we know what's happening and we care about what's happening and we want to engage that story because I think people really feel the same way. Um, yeah, and then just having, you know, maybe removing some of the, the paper in the rooms, you know, chalkboard, you know, venues to, um, to timers where, you know, we had this really fun um, sand, um, uh, sand timer where you was just manual and you'd flip it. And that is how much time you should really spend in the shower. But you know, you, it's just more fun. It's, you know, we're not telling anyone what to do, but we're just introducing fun, playful ways where people can be a little more environmentally conscious. You, you have embraced sustainability in a lot of your projects and, uh, and quite a few industries are doing quite well to that. Do you think the wider interior architecture community has, has done enough to embrace sustainability in, um, in, in design or what else can be done in your opinion as a, as a wider industry? Yes. Well, yes, is the answer. I mean, we, we have a long way to go. I, I find, uh, and if everybody can start thinking of ways on how to embrace sustainability, we, it's, it's a must. I don't really think it's a choice anymore. I think we, everyone really needs to do it because our planet, you know, I mean, I traveling so much, you, I've, got, I've seen it firsthand, um, what's happening It's sometimes being in you know sitting in in the us or sitting in your cozy little country you don't really see what's going on in some of these countries where the manufacturing process is happening um it it it's it, it can be quite shocking so I, I believe that i would encourage any interior designer um or product designer to go out to these manufacturers see the environmental um, impacts and then you have an emotional connection to it and, and more of a, a reason why um, we need to be very careful with the planet um, and, and our environmental impacts on, on the things that we do. Um, and also, you know, I think it's important to think, you know, I also encourage designers to really think long term. Um, you can have a, a beautiful current design, but really think about something that's timeless. I and mean, we don't want to design spaces that last five years. It's just, no. I mean, why really? So, you know, I love this idea that, you know, when, when you know, we think of the long-term, think about spaces that last much longer, that are timeless, that, you know, can last forever. And then maybe, you know, you refresh the, certain pieces and, and you can rework um, certain pieces, but we try to really put, um, products in our in our hotel that will will last a while yeah. looking stay in australia i feel very, that australians are very lucky because they're gonna they're gonna have to deal with you quite a lot because uh <laughs> beside the fermont you're also involved in uh probably one of the most exciting projects coming up which is the mondrian in the gold coast which oh, yes. is again we're talking lifestyle in here yeah. Another yeah. big subject, which uh, you're very well equipped 
you, you were born an artist, you know what I mean? And you embrace an artist from when you were used to work in hospitality, you know, and uh, all the way to Europe and all the fabulous company you work for. But, you know, you have, you have a track record, which is, you know, I mean, beyond compare. And uh, uh, how are you going to approach that project? You know, about like, how do you go about lifestyle? What does it mean wow. designing lifestyle? For me, it's it's about what experience do we want to create first? Um, how do we want people to feel when they walk into the space? And that is really it in a, in a nutshell. Because once you figure out how you want to make people feel, I think the space just starts to come alive around you. Um, yeah, so and I, that's why I love lifestyle projects so much is because, again, going back to my environmental design roots, you know, it's really experiential design. And, and, and I think that's really at my, you know, really at the core of what I love to do. And so with the Mondrian and Gold Coast, um, you know, we, it's a big restaurant that you walk into. It's a big F and B, you know, it's about walking into this energetic restaurant and um, the, the check-in is really a surfboard concierge <laughs> check-in. And it's really about what, it's, what are you gonna experience here? And we really wanna set it up for a good time for the guest and create something that's, that they won't forget and we'll hopefully like to experience again and again. But, uh, and it's a really special location as well. I love working in Australia. There's so many beautiful, beautiful spots in Australia. And, and I feel a connection for some reason, I guess being living here in, in California, being California, you know, living on the, like on the, the, the ocean. Um, I think that's the, that connection that I have with some of these projects in Australia, you know, having the ocean right there. They have the sunrise and, and we have the sunset, um, but it's still, it's, 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 yeah, it, it's still very, I feel very connected to it. So, and very invested in it. Um, it's, it's a fabulous project. I can't wait for it to, to be open. Yeah, and, so. uh, let, let, let's say the, the, the list of lifestyle projects don't stop there because uh, you also have a Mondria in Singapore. So yes. Robin Carter is taking <laughs> over the lifestyle design worldwide you know with that you 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 started in 19 thanks god because if you start a couple of years earlier you would have taken the entire planet of lifestyle design again that, that, that's another experience you know i mean we're gonna have another lifestyle hotel in singapore so probably the first one if you have the proper proper lifestyle <laughs> hotel your mondrian so again different approach from yeah, a resort to an urban lifestyle what yes. are the elements are you incorporated yes. in that to create that experience? Yeah, it's, it's so funny because um, resort projects and urban projects are so different. So I have the, the same brand, one in a resort and one in an urban environment, and they are completely different. They couldn't be more different from each other. And this is what I love because we, we can really be diverse. We can we take a, a, a location, we take the brand, and we say, all right, you know, what, how, how is this going to inform the outcome? And with the, the Singapore project, um, it's, it's, it's more slick, you know, it's, it's, you walk in, we've got, um, 
yeah, a lot of artists in, engaged. Um, you, you again, I mean, because of the brand, Mondrian is very food and beverage uh, focused. You literally walk into a restaurant again. So, um, and so it's this really energetic space. It, it's cool. It's very, and it's in a beautiful part of Singapore in Duxton Hill. And that's a, a, a little mini um, food and beverage hub. So there's so many fabulous restaurants around there. So we really have a lot of competition. So we said, all right, we got to get best chefs, you know, the best restaurant. Um, yeah. And then the, the reception desk is actually off to the side. You literally walk into the restaurant, then you look over and the reception desk is off to the side. And then you have these um, nice cozy rooms that you can retreat to. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that project's a lot of fun. And it should be opened, I believe, uh, next year. I think twenty twenty two. Wow, that is uh, <laughs> it is incredible. The more we keep talking to you, the more we discover, you know, in uh, <laughs> all your project, your approach. But I have, I have a question, a curiosity. You know, with all these projects, they are very intense, very diverse, very unique, from resort to you know, uh, uh, urban. Perfect to yeah. lifestyle, to luxury. And uh, when Robin lose focus or, or perhaps uh, being distracted, what do you do? What, what's your routine to regain your focus? What habits do you have that say, you know what, when, when I lose focus or when I'm distracted, this is what I do to, to get back in track. What do you do? <laughs> um, well, I love losing focus. <laughs> I think it's a part of the process um, because I, yeah, it's true. We have to be very hyper-focused, you know, having three offices and um, having, you know, a lot of, you know, you know, these designers that I have to work with on a daily basis. And I find that losing focus helps sometimes, you know, because, because naturally being very hyper-focused, I think it's, we have to make sure that we have balance in life as designers, you know, or, or, or anyone, you know, in life, you know, for that matter. Um, and it's important that, that for me personally, that is, you know, focused as we are as a team, we need to stop and pause and take those moments to slow down. And whatever that means for you, you know, for me, I love walking on the beach in the morning. Um, it's right here, I'll just go out there, um, just spend, you know, an hour on the beach. And I feel like that just clears my mind. I just lose focus, but then that allows me to come back and be hyper-focused. Um, and then, so that's just, you know, many things during the day. And then, um, yeah. And, and for me, I mean, I love just to take time off and, and not feel guilty about taking time off. You know, so, so often we'll go on a vacation, we'll take four days off and it's really hard for us to unwind and, and to, to relax. For me, I, I don't do that anymore. I don't feel guilty at all. I'm going to take time off and because it, it's, it's power that you give back to yourself, right? And I think that we need to be selfish sometimes and, and, and really take that time um, to allow yourself to relax and not feel the guilt of, of needing to get everything done. Um, because at the end of the day, we own our own lives. Um, this is what we do. Um, this is what we love to do. I feel so incredibly blessed to be doing what I'm doing. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I will take time and, and be selfish for myself. <laughs> Obviously, with, uh, with COVID, we all have time to unwind, rest, 
take some time off, you know, I mean, and, uh, but now that, you know, everybody defined the new normal, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. we are in, in a new dimension, you know, I mean, and, uh, in, in terms of uh, design, I mean, what do you think is the, the role of the interior de designer, uh, you know, particularly in the hospitality context, post COVID-19, you know, I mean, uh, wave, what do you think is the approach you now that interior design is to take to, for, for project now in these situations? Um, I, in some ways, a lot of things have changed, but in some ways, things haven't changed. You know, things are going back to the way they were, which I think is a good thing and a bad thing. Um, so I think the role of interior designer, a lot of people are working more remotely. I mean, I was already set up for a lot of my designers working remotely. So it, it didn't really impact us. I, we just kind of rolled through it. It wasn't as difficult as it was for a lot of other studios. Um, so I, I do believe that we are realizing that we don't need to get meeting to death. We don't have to go to, we can take some calls, some, some presentations remotely, um, you know, through Zoom or through these, these um, you know, through Skype or Teams. And, you know, I, I find that um, oh, the, the role is, is as important as it ever has been. Um, you know, we, we need interior designers for, for our projects. Um, you know, interior designers provide a beautiful layer to a hotel that is, um, we just can't do, I don't believe we can do it without it. Um, sometimes with um, architectural projects, you know, they just use an architectural team. I find that, you know, they just don't have that, the layers that I, I love to see when I walk into a well-designed interior space. I want to ask you a specific question on this topic just raising. Do you feel the need to incorporate social distances or, or spaces that are large enough in public areas? And that it seems that there is a lot of stress in the industry. The people uh, kind of feel the need to incorporate spaces that embrace social distances. You know, it seems like the human factor is going to disappear, you know, I mean, is, uh, rather than, you know, what do you think about that? You know, I mean, personally, I feel that hopefully the world gets vaccinated and, and we're going to go back to the way it was, because I, I believe that we have this strong desire to connect with people. We have a strong desire to be close and and to socialize and to be close. I mean, we're, we're you know, humans, they, they like each other. We like to be around each other. And we love to go to a space and, and be close. And, and you know, I, so many people, I hear this, I and mean, people are dying for that experience again. So I, I personally think, you know, it, it will get closer and closer and closer, you know, eventually, you know, down, down the road and it'll be, you know, back to how it was before. Um, however, it is nice to, to not forget <laughs> about what we've just gone through and how can we, um, and I, I love, I, I, you know, one thing that I really love about what I've seen recently is, is all the outdoor spaces that have popped up. And I find that, that this is something that we need, um, especially in a city like Los Angeles, you know, they're just, I don't understand why there weren't more outdoor garden spaces for people to experience. I mean, even in the winter, you know, we put up heat lamps. 
I mean, it's a little more difficult in cities like New York, potentially, you know, during the winter, but yeah, I think where we can, or maybe retractable roofs, you know, that can, can open and shut, you know, and really allow that natural air flow. And, um, and maybe that again, inject that greenery into the, into the space. I mean, I, I think those, those things are very interesting to start thinking about moving forward with some of our spatial plannings. But have you, have you, in the latest design, you know, I mean, uh, take into consideration all the factors we just talked about, you know, I mean, about the new normal. Are there any trends or have you, have you looked at different materials? Also, you talk about the outdoor, you know, maybe outdoor. Yeah. What, what, what is the, the, the kind of latest trends in material? You know, what, what are you looking at or what are you becoming passionate about in terms of material later that you incorporate in your design? As far as materials, it's a bit more technical. I mean, wipeable surfaces, for sure. Um, I think it's something that we're injecting more. Like, in, we don't wouldn't do a, a fabric headboard anymore. We would do a leather headboard. You know, and, and which is great. I mean, I love it. So it, it's not. It's just the the choice of material that you apply. I think is a little more, you know, cleanable. Um, and then you know, and then as far as the spaces are concerned we're really injecting a lot of greenery into our space. And um, like, for example, for the Mondrian in, in Singapore, uh, our restaurant is, is, a, is an atrium restaurant and we have a section that is, is in the atrium. So you feel like you're outdoors and the doors can slide open um, and, and allow you know, natural air in. But as you know, Singapore is very hot and humid. So in those hot and humid months, it can shut off and then we can always have the aircon on if, if needed. Um, so these, these flexible spaces that are, that are very future-proof, um, you know, are, are things that we're, we're very much exploring. So it seems to bring the in outdoor, indoor or the indoor, outdoor seems to be kind of, you know, in the need at the yeah. moment. Yeah, it's um, quite interesting. That's a fascinating uh, design. And uh, uh, on a selfish question, you know, I mean, I would say, you know, obviously you are an expert in lifestyle. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you, you've got again the track record. I'm going back. You know, I mean, I repeat myself, but you know, I feel like it's very important to highlight that that your your artistic background and uh, you know, I mean, uh, your your career and uh, you know, I mean lend itself to being a master in crafting lifestyle and uh and that, that's how i see you i maybe see you in the wrong way you know the real aerobic is you know you are you're making me blush you know. no no absolutely it is it, a true compliment that is uh is remarkable to see this because um lifestyle is a is probably the biggest market and uh but from a selfish question more you know, I mean, uh, in our industry, you know, I mean, uh, how how challenging it is to get the right manufacturer that 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 able to deliver your design, and uh, and even more selfish question is, you know, I mean, uh, why working with wood couture? How do you feel about that? Oh my gosh! So it's it's such a game changer. Uh, to I mean, to be working with you guys is such a game changer. Your attention to detail and the quality of the furniture that you produce is it's just night and day. Um, so I'm a big fan. Uh, there's so many of our projects where we have been told that we have to use this certain factory somewhere in the world and we're forced to use certain person because of costs or whatever. And um, it, it's just 
it becomes junk in, 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 a, in a space. And again, going back to that environmental, you know, uh, our environmental reasons, you know, we want to work with um, companies like Wood Couture, where we know that the product that is designed is something that will last a very long time, that is thought about, that has been, um, has, go has gone through that process of you know the the um, you know the the research and development process and and just working with your t your your team I mean the engineers and the the you know everyone the the years of experience um, of of your team you know it, it's just it's a whole next level so um, so I feel the like the lucky one having met you guys <laughs> for sure um, but yeah it's it's we love having. Uh, just well-made craft and quality in our spaces. You know, we love working with you, Robin. <laughs> it, it, it just is it's a remarkable experience, you know, I mean, and you know how to create experiences very, very well. You know, award experiences are very important about that. Um, I have um, one possibly big questions, you know, I mean, one final question I would say is, uh, um, um, and uh, it's a question we ask everybody uh, because, uh, um, I, I feel, you know, I mean, is an opportunity to to deliver a message. If I put a massive, giant billboard, white billboard in, or whiteboard, let's say in Times Square, what message would you write on it? Do something outrageous. <laughs> I love that. That is Robin <laughs> Carter, quintessentially. Do something outrageous, crazy artistic. <laughs> why, 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 why would you write? Because I tell my designers that all the time. I say, do something outrageous today. Do something outrageous. Because I think we need that in our life. We need to be outrageous. We need to, to be crazy and not care about what people think. You know, I think it's, it's, it's great. I mean, so often, you know, our designers just get stuck in the daily routine of life and, and, and for myself as well. And uh, I think, uh, I, I, I love that. I love um, when we can explore and, and just do something crazy in life. It makes us feel alive, right? Oh, it's, um, well, is that, is that the same approach for your designs? I <laughs> <laughs> we try. We try. That's good. Sometimes the clients look at us and say, um, no. <laughs> no, it's a, it, But we it, certainly it, try. It's incredible, no, honestly, and uh, uh, it's been a true experience talking to you in the last 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, it's uh, every time I have a conversation with you, you know, it's, it's inspiring. I love that. It was, it was Likewise. Brilliant. Likewise. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute Thank pleasure. Thank you so much. It was so nice speaking with you today. Thank you so much.